first of all, I want to say thank you so much for joining and being part of today's amazing show. Susan, how are you today? Favor, I'm so happy to be here. I mean, like, you're going to be the only person I talk to today because I'm always in my house house (laughs) with this damn pandemic. I've got pandemic fatigue today. How how are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad I was able to at least make sure that the day is ending off on the right note, you know? <laughs> right, you're three hours ahead of me. It was funny, I said to Favor when, when we got on and we were looking at each other on Zoom, and I, and I said, I forgot to wear lipstick for you. <laughs> I was like, putting on my hot pink lipstick, getting ready for my podcast with Favor today. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. I really do, you know? It's, it's beautiful, you know? This is the whole point, you know, you want to be intentional about things, and do them the right way because I know people have some questions and they're like, I don't know who to ask. Is it too raw? Should I shut up? You know, people have those kind of things. So today we just want to open Pandora's box. And if you're lucky to listen to this, just stay tuned and make sure that you don't forget what we talk about so that you can leave and have a better life at the same time. So thank you for joining today. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, it's funny. I, I'm a big uh, I know you do a lot on Pinterest. I, I know you have a lot of segments on Pinterest. I happen to be a Twitter person. I don't tweet a lot. I'm more uh, just, I read a lot of what's going on on Twitter. And, um, you know, we're not getting out very much anymore because of the pandemic right now. You know, we're, we're staying home a lot. And uh, it's so nice that you are a 28-year-old black man from Atlanta talking to a 60-year-old white lady from uh, San Francisco. And we're going to have a conversation mostly about sexuality, but about world affairs and culture and current events and things like that. And without podcasting, we would have never, ever had our worlds collide. And that's one of the things that I love about, I was glad you found me because I love, I love being able for us both to kind of get out of our own bubbles and come together to expand the possibility for ourselves and other people, your fans and followers. And I really want to encourage you today to ask me anything and everything you want to ask me about sex, because that's what I do. I'm kind of like... Um, like the like the mom that you can ask anything to that um, will just tell you you know real talk about whatever yeah. and um, I think that's a way that we can both be in service to people because we just don't get enough sex education we get an education a fear-based education an education about abstinence you know oh you're gonna get stds oh you're gonna get pregnant we don't nobody tells us about the beauty and the majesty of intimacy and sexuality and so i'm hoping we can spend some time talking about our sexual potential and how to live into making our sexuality something that really empowers us and expands us and works for us our whole life long. Yeah. Because at 60, I'm having the best sex of my life. You know, some people think that that's when it stops. So that's when things change. And I don't know who came up with that myth 
because you're not even that age to tell someone that type of experience. But people are like, oh, when you're 50, you're not going to have sex anymore. Oh, when you're 70, you're going to... I'm like, who told you that? People used to live till they were a thousand years old. So, you know, so how do you maintain? How do you keep up? And you're the perfect person to, you know, let us know. And we, we can have that conversation because some people think, oh, it's it's the threshold. We can't, it's too young or too old. There's so many books out there, so many things out there that people want to learn and read, but they don't know who to listen to. So I'm glad that you're able to be here and just let us know about what they need to know about how to do what, you know, makes them feel the best. Because I'm thinking, like you said, pandemic, 2020, 2021, a lot of people were home more than they used to be. So a lot more, they call it pandemic babies. <laughs> it just came. So when you think about it, like how would you express the difference in what you're seeing now and what you used to see before? Well, I think um, before 2020, I, I feel like 2020 is like the death of the hookup, the death of the booty call, um, the death of casual random sex. <laughs> Right. Because A, we're not going out as much and you know, there's there isn't really much going on with a lot of people going to clubs and bars and places where you used to be able to meet people and find attraction. Right. And um, of course that's given rise to online dating. So there are a lot more people doing online dating and a lot more people now doing video chats and things like that. There's new apps like Field, F-E-E-L-D, which is um, kind of like a, like a polyamory app, an app for people who aren't going to necessarily be in monogamous long-term relationships. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of polypods. Um, that's what I'm in. I'm in a, I'm in a, a quad pod. Um, with my husband and I have two other partners, a man and a woman, and the four of us are partners. And we do we, we do our trips together, rent a condo someplace, rent a Verbo someplace, stay together, go do something like go skiing or what have you. So I think people are doing more. I think it's helped open relationships where people are in these you know kind of fluid bonded groups. Um, that's definitely on the rise, especially here in San Francisco. That's super popular. And people are, a lot of people in the first year or two of the, of the pandemic, they had, you know, like their, their, their pandemic partner, but that didn't last and they've gotten rid of them. And now they're looking for another one or they're, you know, they're trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? Uh, that was a little, you know, that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for me just to have one person. And people are realizing you can get freaking COVID anywhere. I mean, you can go to the grocery store and get it. So it's not like you can hide out from it. And most people, smart people, have gotten vaccinated. So they're not going to die from COVID if they've gotten the vaccination. So they feel a little bit more empowered to go out and meet people. So those are some of the trends that I'm seeing, I guess, would be more poly, less booty calls, a little less fear around vaccination, not the COVID pandemic partner, not really kind of going the distance after the third, now we're in the third year of the pandemic, basically. Right. <laughs> right. You? What's it been like for you? What are you noticing? For me, what I'm seeing really is like a shift in dynamics. Because people are now tending to be closer to the people they're already with 
or they kind of go back to the past and they're like, okay, you are not that bad. You know, maybe you've, you've changed, you know, <laughs> that could happen for some people. And then meeting new people is a little different because the circles are getting tighter. They're getting smaller. Not everybody's able to meet because of, you know, COVID just happened and everybody just disappeared. So it's changed a lot, but I also think it's still trying to come back in a way. But people, I think what I'm seeing is that once they get someone they kind of stick with that person and if it if it makes sense of course you can't just be there blindly but it has to make sense and working harder on the person they're with exactly to to make the person they're with happy exactly and learning about them because you can't learn about someone in a day or in a date you know so that's how things are changing and i feel like people are also trying to explore more you know, people want to see how they can get more freakier or more fancy or what are their fetishes and those things. So I think it's a good thing. Even on TikTok, randomly, you know, you see videos about people talking about supplements and vitamins and all this stuff. And people are like, is this the real thing? People want to expand. They want to feel better about their bodies. You know, I was just reading, speaking of COVID, I read uh, an article recently about someone who talked about how he lost 1.5 inches of his penis because of covid so he can't get it back and that was a i've never heard that on the news before and i was like that is very striking so people think about their manhood you know that's a that's part of their you know their willingness to be confident so how do you see it as well when it comes to like people thinking about it in that emotional and also sexual you know mindset well, I think I think porn has had a big impact on our sexuality and a lot of people are growing up in the in the generations now where they think pornography is sexuality and the generations before them went from having really no information, maybe a book in a library or a book on their parents shelf if they were lucky to pornography being what informs their sexuality and um, in a way it's interesting because it gives people ideas but it also is really not necessarily love making I think there's a distinction between sex having sex and making love and my area of expertise is the idea that with, with learning sexual skills, you can transform having sex into making love. And what I'm really about are passionate lovemaking techniques. Um, I've published and written 34 books and programs that are sex techniques. And I like to teach people how to co-create more pleasure. So I teach a lot of communication skills, bedroom communication skills, orgasm skills, how to, how to give and receive more orgasmic pleasure, increase your orgasmic intensity, and how to deepen your heart connection your, and your intimacy, and how to let your sexuality fuel your creativity. 
And that's kind of my sweet spot. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. I don't deal with people. People don't come to an office and meet with me. They buy my books and my programs and my supplements. Interestingly enough, I have some sexual vitality supplements, one for blood flow, which is kind of the most important thing around sexuality is actually good blood flow, which means good cardiovascular health, which is interesting because COVID is a vascular virus. It attacks the vascular system, the blood supply system. And so that guy who lost size in his penis, he must have particularly gotten hit in the penile vascular system, and it will cause literally shrinkage of the penis and an inability to get an erection because erections, whether you're talking about the feminine or the masculine body, um, they, re they require the erectile tissue to get filled with blood. So um, the, the thing that I think is really interesting about it all is that most people aren't achieving their orgasmic pleasure potential because they don't have they, they 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 don't see where they can go to learn about orgasm skills and things like that right um one of the things i did this summer was i i wrote a series of articles i have a free sex tips newsletter you can get it at my website susanbratton.com if you like sex techniques, you can go there and sign up and I send a few emails out every week with sex techniques and I give it away for free because I don't expect people to always buy my stuff. They can just have my stuff for free. I like, I like to teach people whether you can, whether you want the expensive thing or the free thing, it doesn't matter to me. And I did a series this summer about the 20 kinds of orgasms that the male and female body can have and it was really interesting one day I just sat down and I was like what are all the ways people can have orgasms and I, I spent quite a while thinking it through and it turns out that there's about 20 and the 20th one is called wild card because there really are unlimited ways that you can experience pleasure so when people are working on their sexuality and learning how to be good lovers they're, they're learning both how to give pleasure and equally how to be a recipient of pleasure because when you, when you give someone pleasure, it's, it feels as good for you to give it as it does for you to receive it. And a lot of times people are so focused on giving it, they forget to be good receivers of pleasure. Being a good receiver is a gift that you give your lover. So I went through all the different kinds of orgasms that there are, and there's basically three different categories of orgasms. There's the locations you stimulate, like the penis, the P spot, which is the man's G spot, the clitoris, the, your breasts, your nipples, your lips. You can have corgasms, which are like bellygasms. Um, there's lots of different kinds of body-based things that you can do. Then there's techniques like female ejaculation, expanded orgasm, male multiple orgasm, things like that. 
And then there's objects like um, Cookie. You had Cookie on a couple of episodes ago um, from Lashes and Lace. Is that, yes. was that her website? Yes. And, um, you know, she's a sex toy expert. And um, sex toys are such a great thing. And so many people think they're just for solo pleasure. And I'm always encouraging lovers to bring toys into their sex play together. So that's some of what I think people are beginning to do. And the good side of pornography is that they see that there's different ways you can have orgasms. They see that there's toys you can use. They see that there are some things that go beyond just penis and vagina sex or what have you. And so I think ultimately everything is expanding, which is a good thing. No matter how you get to joy, expanding into joy is a good thing always. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with that because I'm now thinking about people who are learning new things. You know, they've probably never had that experience before. They don't know what to do with it. Like a simple thing like putting a condom on could be a problem. You know, just the little things matter. They go a long way. And as you learn, as you grow, it just gets better. Some people don't need them. Some women say, I don't need that. You know, some people, the flavors, like there are so many things you're, you're not aware of until you are aware of them. It's just the way it is, you know? Yep. You don't know till you know. Exactly. But luckily there's, the greatest thing about sexuality is that it's an ever unfolding opportunity to learn and have more pleasure. And it never ends. I mean, at 60 years old, I am learning Every day I learn things about sexuality uh, and I have a massive amount of knowledge across a wide variety of sexual things, if you will, like techniques, experiences, anatomy, all kinds of stuff. But I'm, I'm still continuously learning. It's, it's a rapidly expanding field, which I'm glad about. I'm glad that there's more and more available to us. But here's what's really interesting about a favor, and that is that if you had a hundred people in a room, only about 15 of them are people who have that personal growth mindset where they, they know that if they learn something, it makes their life better and they can apply that to their sexuality as well. And they care enough to do that. So you're one of those people who obviously your personal, personal growth mindset oriented because I mean, you're a podcast host. I mean, you're all about expanding people's minds. That's what you do with every episode. And the people who listen to your show, the people who are the people who listen to us and who are listening, the person who's listening to us right now that we're connecting with, we hope we're doing a good job for them. They are wanting us to tell them some things to change their life and to change their sex life. And it's interesting that you listening to us right now are, are actually very unique in that most people squander their sexuality. They don't put any attention on it. They just do the most rudimentary things. And like you said, favorite over time, they just stop having sex. They just don't keep growing and creating new experiences in their sexuality. So the people that are tuned into this episode are people who are those sexual seekers who know they want more. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe we should do, we should give them some techniques on this show, something that they could try themselves 
and to have a deeper, more pleasurable experience. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm 100% on. I think they need it now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you think? What's your what are where are you in your sexuality right now? Where where would you like to be better? Where do you think you're good and where do you think you could use improvement? Why don't we just use you as an example? Hmm. Okay. So I like this because now it's going to get to a point where when you think about this, they're going to think about themselves too. So for me, it's been very, and I can say really expansive to the point where there's nothing that hasn't been tried. So it gets to that point where now it's so comfortably appealing because it's a natural thing and people shy away from it because maybe they got exposed to it in a different light or in a different you know time of their lives but for me it's very open whereby i've been able to accept things that can come and it's it's been very exciting you know just up until i got married just last year and it's been exciting to see growth you know there's just a difference because when you've been doing it for a while and you know exactly how to please how to listen like we talked about it makes things much better for you because now when you listen more you enjoy more you know if you don't listen to music well enough you wouldn't enjoy the song that's playing so it's kind of like being attentive in the moment as well so for me i don't think i would say there's anything specific but one thing i definitely know is like you mentioned workout because that's one thing i've taken 100%. You know people say, "Oh, 2021, 2022, 2023, we're going to work out in January and then by March you're back on the couch." You know, it's different for people, but for me, I said, "You know what? This year let me try do something different and let me help myself feel much better by working out and just taking care of myself just health-wise, you know. And then those other benefits come as well because when you have that type of body that is really really energetic like you mentioned the cardiovascular it helps a lot with what you're eating what you're eating helps you with your processing you know people talk about and people don't really say this much but even how like your semen would smell or taste depends on how you eat you know that also affects the kind of you know potential you have so those are things i'm really looking at and i already see that already but it's just to make it better and give it a 2.0 you know I just got back from working out. How was it? Good. I did some ball slams. I did some ropes. I did uh, some squats and weights. I did some planks. I did tons of crunches. I did, um, what else did I do today? Uh, I did the TRX. Um, I do kind of a combination where I'm keeping my heart rate up the whole time I'm working out. So mm. I work out for an hour and I do a combination of a whole bunch of body weight types of things as well as physical weight. Yeah. You know, and I really love it. I, I try to work out every day. That's beautiful. It, it makes a big difference. Um, I think... People who have athletic sex, people who are athletes and who have good flexibility, good balance, good strength, um, you can do some really good sex positions. Um, a lot of times, it's funny, I think sex positions are really an underrated area of our sexuality. 
um, some of the sex positions I like. I have a I have a free ebook called Seven Stimulating Sex Positions. You can download it at the number seven the word positions.com. Sevenpositions.com. And it's an illustrated guide to my seven favorite sex positions. One of them is called Chingalinga. It's an oral pleasuring sex position where she lies on the bed with her head on the corner of the bed and he kind of drops his penis into her mouth. And she can put a vibrator on her clitoris while she's going down. Well, basically while she's enjoying the penis in her mouth. It's a really nice technique. Um, he can hold her securely on the edge of the bed so that she feels safe. Mm. That creates a lot of masculine femin feminine polarity. Yeah. And when he's in charge of the stroking and she's relaxed and receiving and getting clitoral stimulation from a vibrator at the same time, he can also play with her breasts and nipples. And it just makes it a really nice, almost relaxing type of sex position. A lot of times people think that you want to get your partner turned on and they start to kind of spin the knobs and push the buttons. Right. But, but actually you get more turned on when you're relaxed. You need to be relaxed to really get into arousal. You, if you think about it, if you're not relaxed, if you're stressed out, or if you're in that fight or flight mode, you're not really able to be completely aroused. And so this notion that you're being held and you're lying down and you're receiving while you're giving and you've got hands moving around on the body to stimulate the rest of the body, it's a really, really nice position. I show you exactly how to do it in the book at sevenpositions.com. Another one that I really like from that book is called Headboard Daddy. That's a woman on top position. And it's really nice for a woman to be on top because if a woman, a, a lot of times women are more passive in sexuality where they're lying down and they're getting, you know, they're getting the stimulation, they're receiving the stimulation. But when, when she flips over and she's on top, she can learn how to have orgasms by controlling the movements herself of intercourse. And number one, that's really empowering for a woman. Number two, because she's kind of driving or in control of the experience, she can learn to bring herself to repeated orgasm. And what I found is male, our male body partners really love to be used that way, to, to, to be, you know, they're tools to be used for pleasure. Um, so Headboard Daddy is a nice one because she's on top and he's playing with her breasts and nipples and kissing her while she's on top of him. And he's kind of sitting up against the headboard of the bed. That's the Headboard Daddy. Um, that's a really, really nice technique. I love that one. And um, there's another one in there called Yab Yum, which is a tantric sex position. Have you um, heard much about tantric sex? Tongue tricks? No. Yeah. T-A-N-T-R-I-C. 
tantric. Okay. It's also called tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A, tantra. And tantra or tantric sex is uh, kind of a conscious, heart-connected, more spiritual sexual connection. And in this yab-yam position, she's sitting on top of him, but they're not doing a lot of in and out kind of movement. She's squeezing his penis with her vagina muscles, and he's using his penis to send energy into her, and they're doing circular breathing. Um, have you heard of circular breathing in yeah. sexuality? You know that now that you're mentioning it, I have had that experience. It's just a term that was a little bit different. But yeah, because it's more like muscles contracting and you're also feeling the blood flow and it actually keeps you on. on the, yes, I remember. Keeps you hard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the circular breathing is where when you breathe out, she breathes your breath in that you're breathing out. And then when she breathes out, you breathe her breath in. And essentially what you're doing is you're circling or cycling your breath together, where you're breathing together in and out, in and out. The, uh, the Taoists are um, 2,000 year old uh, Chinese have sexual practices. It's T-A-O. Ta- looks like Tao. Yeah. But it's pronounced Tao. Taoism. And that is an ancient method of breath work. Taoist breath work that is used to connect your heart and your spirit through breath. You connect your heart, you connect your penis and your vagina, you connect your heart, you connect your breath, you connect your eyes, you connect your touch, and you essentially feel your way to becoming one through your breath work. It's a very romantic, slow, sensual kind of lovemaking. Yeah. And as you were even mentioning that, I was thinking, does... It could happen for some people, but for you specifically too, would you say that your sex positions, your favorites change over time? Or do you do you have the same and you're like, nah, this is my number, this is my go-to? <laughs> I like to do a lot of different sex positions. Um, one of the things that keeps sex from getting boring is variety. Right. And sex positions provide a lot of variety, which is why... One of the reasons I wrote seven stimulating sex positions was to show people how to incorporate toys, masculine, feminine polarity, more full body stimulation and touch, things like spiritual sexuality, etc. And for me, part of it depends on the partner that I'm with. There, There are some partners that I love certain types of sex with, like my boyfriend, um, he loves doggy style. He loves entering me from behind. He has like a, he has a, my back turns him on, the strength of my back. One of the things I do is I work out a lot of my back muscles a lot. I have a really nice, strong back in addition to a 
my whole body being strong. And he finds that really sexy. I've never had a partner who really got off on the way my back looked before. So people like all different things. And one of the things that I have a new technique that I call glissando. Glissando is actually a musical term. And it's a, a term that really is kind of almost like, you know when, a harp player plays a harp and they and they do that kind of that thing mm -hmm. that kind of flu it sounds like water it's fluid or like a string guitar you know yeah. when someone plays a, a guitar and they put the little thing on their finger and they do that kind of string mm -hmm. thing um that's what glissando is it's that notion of that kind of like cascading sound and I called the sex technique glissando because normally when people think about having intercourse, when a guy thinks about penetrating a woman, he's thinking about his penis going in and out of her vagina. Right. But if you flip the script on that, instead of you thrusting into her, you are if you're in doggy style and she's fluid and mobile, which is what athletes are, athletes are, they have a fluidity to them, you know, yeah. that, so do dancers. People who are embodied are, can be very graceful and uh, they have control over their hips and their movement. And glissando is the notion that instead of you pumping in and out, you're actually holding your woman's hips and you're moving her on your penis. And the easiest way to do that is doggy style from behind. If she's on her hands and knees, she can prop herself up, but she can be moved very easily. Now, there are some men who are strong enough to hold a woman and move her up and down on their penis. And God love them. I, you can't do that to me because I'm almost six feet tall. I'm like a giant. I'm like a giant. You're six canvas. feet? <laughs> I am almost six feet tall. I'm over 5'10 and I'm 5'10 and three quarters. I'm 6'3". Yes, really, really tall, gangly woman. Right. Know? So that's not so. He'd have to be like 6'8 to be able to lift me up and move me around. Right. And my boyfriend's actually smaller than I am. So the doggy style notion where he's in control and I'm surrendered and he's moving my vagina up and down on his penis and he's making it like a waterfall and he's doing short strokes and long strokes and short strokes and long strokes and using his penis as a stationary device where he's just standing kind of firm kneeling kind of firmly and then sliding me up and down on him that's really nice and for a lot of guys they've never thought about doing that it's just not something that occurred to them because they're so oriented toward being the one moving right right so that's a nice technique as well glissando that's one of my newest things i'm writing is a a series called Making Whoopie 3.0, which is a bunch of intercourse techniques. I send one out every Sunday. It's like my Sunday sermon. <laughs> and that was my, that's one that's coming up soon is Glissando. <laughs> okay. Isn't that cool? It's really nice, you know, and I'm sure some people are thinking, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that because, 
you don't experiment and most people don't experiment in the bedroom they don't want to have that passionate sex with turn on the lights or change the light colors or you know you know do it in the bathtub or do it in the pool or go to the beach and just you know see what happens people don't think out the box like that it's so like vanilla or just you know married just very simple and you're like no this is not the vanilla style that i'm looking for i want some cherry on top i want some raspberries i want some strawberries here and there and i love what you mentioned too about the stroking because that is something a lot of people don't think about because knowing through experience as well i know that that kind of thrusting is different from you doing it because you, the man stays hard so he doesn't have to think about the pressure which is going to push out you know the ejaculation which is easier for him to control because now he's controlling it from the other side and he's not using that much pressure so people don't think like that to actually last longer in bed and they're like oh i can't last longer but yet you're not controlling your mind i love what you said yeah, uh, one of my programs is called Multi-Orgasmic Lover for Men, and it teaches male multiple orgasm. How to be a man with unlimited stamina who can last as long as he wants to. Because most men don't understand that ejaculation and orgasm are separate systems in the body. Most men, when they have an orgasm, they ejaculate. And so they just assume that the two things go together, that they're, that they're one thing. But they're actually two entirely different systems in the body that can be separated once you understand that you don't need to ejaculate to have orgasms. You can begin to have full body orgasms. Right. And a part of learning how to do that is being able to use your pubococcygeus muscle, your Kegel, your squeeze muscle. It's relaxation of the pelvis for most men about one in four men has um they, they orgasm they ejaculate uh fast too fast they don't they don't last long enough they want to last longer they feel like they're premature ejaculators and so it's because often they have anxiety they're holding themselves too tight they're not they don't have a fluid movement of relaxation in their pelvis so they they can't control their ejaculation and they're not breathing, they're tense and tight. So if you begin to deepen your breath, connect your heart to your penis, get, th get over your performance anxiety, stay present in the moment, and relax your pelvis and, and really just breathe into your heart through your penis, you can really slow that down and start to last much, much longer. And uh, that is a very, very nice um, system that works for so many men to uh, help them last longer and become the kind of lover that they want to become. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening to this and that's of interest to you, I have some free audios that explain it in more depth at um, freedomaudios.com. If you go to freedomaudios.com, it's four free audios that I give you that talk about um, how to last longer, 
what is male multiple orgasm, how to have what I call ejaculatory choice where you can come when you want to and not a minute before. And there's one other one, I forget what it is. I've, I've been doing this for so long that I sometimes I just forget I've written so much, so many things. I know. <laughs> those are audios, especially good for people who like podcasts because they like to listen to things. Yes, definitely. And I love the topic today because people are learning new things. Like you said, it's opening up to that information and learning that, okay, there are places I could go to experiment this and feel better because this websites that you're giving are, this is resource. This is something that they can live long and, you know, understand their bodies because not everyone understands their body either. Uh, some do, some don't, some need partners to help them. Some people just don't know how to find themselves. So it's a journey for everybody. And I love how you're able to bring that up. You know, speaking of journey too, you know, you mentioned about, you know, how you have your partners as well. Is there a way you can tell us like how that happened? Did it just happen by happenstance or before COVID things were a little bit lighter for you to make sure that things are much easier to, you know, be in right now instead of being out there where other people are trying to connect just like you've already made your connections? Well, I've been married, uh, I've been with my husband for 30 years and married to him for 28 years. And about 15 years ago, we opened up our marriage. We wanted to, we started learning how to have great sex together. And once we started having great sex together, we thought, oh, well, it would be really fun to have sex with more people. And um, we've gone through many versions, many permutations, many varieties of having an open relationship. Um, but over time, what we have done, for us, we've been less interested in having um, transactional sex that's not emotional. Um, we've been interested in having deep emotional relationships and falling in love with our partners. Different people like different things. Some people are like, I don't want to catch feelings. I just want it to be more of a, you know, kind of just sex. And I don't, I don't want them to be at our house and I don't, you know, I, or I don't want to see them more than once or we've got the, you know, I can screw somebody when I'm out of town type of thing or whatever. Different people have different arrangements and agreements and boundaries. For my husband and I, we like to have long-term partnerships, lovers, friends, people we fall in love with who are our lovers. So, um over the years we've had people come in and out of our marriage our relationship for various amounts of time i mean we had one girlfriend who you know one of the things for us is that we require people to have a full panel of std tests before we're sexually active with them um, we just don't want to risk getting any stds um, i know that for some people they're like oh if i get chlamydia i'll take an antibiotic or oh if i get whatever syphilis i'll take an antibiotic or whatever but the problem for us is that we feel like getting STDs or STIs, sexually transmitted infections, they just, they're infections that, that can have repercussions. Just like COVID, you know, we don't know what the long-term effects of some of these things are. And when you get herpes, you get it for your whole life. And herpes is a nerve a nerve infection and it can later show up as lower back pain trigeminal neuralgia facial pain i mean there's a lot of downstream effects to catching things 
So we've always just been super careful to have people do a full panel of STDs before we would go all the way with them. It's pretty safe to make out with people. It's pretty safe to use your hands on their body. But once you put your mouth on their genitals or you have genital to genital contact, you have a whole nother level of risk. So for us, we would rather find somebody who we want to have a relationship, a super hot, fun, sexual relationship with and date them for as long as it lasts. So it could be somebody that we've always wanted to have sex with, that's always wanted to have sex with us, who screens in for a long weekend of great sex. Or it could be someone we're with for, we've, we've had one partner who was with us for nine years. And it was interesting, the only reason that we broke up with them was that we felt that they had become, um, th that their life had gotten ruined by Fox News. And um, I don't like Fox News and I don't like Republicans and I believe that Black Lives Matter and I believe in equality for all. And I think that these news networks are turning, are inciting racism and um, holding people back from having full rights as Americans. I think voting has been suppressed and um, when that partner, when we first met that partner, they didn't even really watch Fox News and somehow it sucked them in. And then we were no longer a values match with them. And I just don't want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't believe in equality for all Americans. <laughs> so, you know, it's you, you have to make values-based judgments about your partners if your values are important to you. Yeah. And they're very important to me. I'm a very, I'm, I, I, I think that um, we have some serious raci racial issues in our country today. And I can't give my orgasms to someone who doesn't support um, full equality for all Americans and uh, so <laughs> nine years and I had to say goodbye to that one um, sometimes things are more important than great sex mm. and that's my personal values you know so um, we have a really great girlfriend that we've been dating for about two and a half years and a guy that we've been dating for almost a year they enjoy each other we enjoy them we all have a great time we travel together we're quad pod it's super fun it's really nice it's very rewarding and it works great for us um would would i have someone else screen in maybe but i'm very satisfied with what i have already more would not necessarily be better I am complete and full and joyful and in love with the partners that I have. And I think they are, they are too. It's interesting though, our girlfriend, you know, she's going through a divorce and um, her friends are very, um, very conservative. And they don't like the fact that she's dating a couple and another guy. They want her to get another husband. And she's like, I'm not even divorced yet. Why are you pressuring me to get another husband when I'm not even divorced yet? Like, I'm good. I love these people. They love me. It's a very satisfying relationship. And uh, it's hard for a lot of people to understand that you can have as much love 
in a poly relationship or, or open. And I, I make a distinction between polyamory and open relationships because for me, the way I define it is that open relationships are you're open to having sex with other people and they're, they don't necessarily need to be long-term kind of fall in love relationships where polyamory means love many but most people who are in polyamorous relationships have a long-term relationship with a partner some people in poly relationships let's just say a couple they might each have their own partner but not all be together or they could be like us where we're kind of we're a group. We date as a group. We're all together. Um, we don't always have sex all at the same time, but sometimes we do. And sometimes it's the th three of us or these three or those three or what have you. Um, we have different configurations depending on the situation and what's going on with everyone and who's around. And that just works for us right now. Um, and for my husband and I, we really try to make our partners feel very much a part of our relationship and very, very loved. For us, love and sex are two sides of the same coin. We like heart-connected lovemaking. That's super sexy lovemaking, but also always with our heart. Yeah. So that's just what works for us right now. I love that. It's so, it's unique. It's just the way you want it to be. Like, yeah. it's just the same configuration you set up. It's the same way you left your remote on this table. It's just perfect. You know, as you were speaking, I was thinking, okay, have you thought about, because you've talked about the experiences just before we close. I was thinking, as you were mentioning, it just came to me and I was like, what about people who have this fetish? Because not everybody does it, but some people like to have the camera on. Some people like being seen. How does yeah. that go, you know, for you as well? Do you guys like say, oh, yeah, we should do this better because we watched this 10 minutes ago. You know, how does that go into your, your role play? Yeah, um, people are on a, it's exhibitionism and people are on a scale of one to 10 on exhibitionism. Some people are very private and quiet and don't want anyone to see what they're doing and other people love to perform and want to be watched making love and and then within that scale there are times when people want their privacy and times when they want their exhibitionism yeah so it's always a moving target with what a person wants and what's right for them in the moment and what's right for them where their set point is generally and then where they are in that moment what their boundaries are and what needs to be honored so um, I would say within within our group of four, two of two of the group are much more exhibitionists than the other two. And you just learn how to honor those things and give the exhibitionists some eyeballs when they need them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And filming and photographs and those kinds of things, they can just be really fun and sexy. Um, on my Instagram, which is my name, Susan Bratton, that's my personal self, sexual self-expression. I love to 
wear sexy lingerie. Cookie would Cookie would love to dress me up in her lingerie. Um, I love lingerie and I love to get my picture taken and um, I love to post on Instagram. We just recently went skiing and I took a string bikini with me. And uh, after we ha after we all met up for lunch, we went to the side of this water tower with these beautiful worn wooden um, planks and the snow drifted against it and I took off all my I took off my top and I took off my bra I took off my sweater and I was wearing these like little ski bibs and I pulled the straps down and I had a string bikini on underneath and um, my boyfriend held all my clothes while my girlfriend took the pictures of me and my boyfriend I mean my husband washed and made sure everything was good and it looked right and there wasn't anything in the way and my bikini straps were covering my nipples because it's Instagram you have to be careful you know no nipples can be shown and uh, we all had a good time we, we, we did this like thing where we just like went there everybody knew what their job was we got the shoot we got the shots it was super fun and I ended up having some really cute sexy string bikini photos to put on Instagram and of course all my my grand followers loved it they loved the string bikini photo shoots I actually have an offer a free string bikini believe it or not I have a, I give away a free string bikini it's at stringbikiniparty.com you have to pay the shipping I can't afford to also pay the ship shipping's gotten so expensive it's right. like seven dollars or something but um I send you a free bright blue sparkly shiny string bikini top and bottom and they're not really the kind of thing that you could wear to the beach because your boobs will fall right out of those things but they're really made for being at home or in the bedroom or your backyard or whatever. And I mean, I tried so many string bikinis on before I chose this particular one to give away. And the reason that I created String Bikini Party was that generally women, women enjoy being sexy and dressing in lingerie and looking cute, but they don't always get the encouragement that they want or they're afraid to do it or their husbands or their boyfriends they're like feeling bad that if they ask them to do it she'll get mad and so i wrote a book about how to get your wife or girlfriend to love dressing sexy for you what you need to do to encourage her and how to take her picture so she likes it there, I was a I was a model for many years, and I, I went to Barbizon Modeling School in Philadelphia in the seven, in the eighties, and um, I learned how to pose. I was a photographer's model, and I learned how to pose. And so I know how to hold my body for a photo to get a look that I like. So I I give you a video that shows you how to pose so you get a sexy picture you're happy with. So basically you get a free string bikini and you get how to pose and different pose different ways to approach your woman to get her to do it so she'll feel comfortable because ultimately what i like to do is i like to help people have sexy fun together so that's one of the many things that i've created over the years is the string bikini party so every once in a while i go out and i do a string bikini photo shoot to kind of promote that free offer okay <laughs> amazing isn't that so silly it's beautiful you know it <laughs> keeps you active you know you're working out you're staying fit 
you're enjoying your lifestyle they're watching you and and that's a good thing because they want to do the same thing too or they're already doing it and they're just looking for an accountability partner so they can also help themselves so i just love it it's it's definitely a good one for the year it's a good kickstarter for the year for sure Amazing. Well, I've had such a good time talking to you, Faber. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm glad you were so open to talk about everything. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. This has been a really, really great podcast show. And I know there are definitely some ways people can reach out to you. But if there's one way that they can connect with you, what's that way they can reach out today? Well, I think the best way to reach out to me is either follow me on Instagram or go to my website and opt in to get my sex tips newsletter. And you can find me at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N, SusanBratton.com or Susan Bratton on the gram. Amazing. Thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate Thanks, you. You're welcome. Have a great one. You too.